Uh, let's open up to our passage of Scripture today before we begin the message. And I uh, will read, standing up, two passages. The first passage is from Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 19 to 20. Mark chapter 1, 16 through 20. And we'll stand up for reading the Word of God. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. And the second passage is in Luke chapter 5, starting from verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and thought the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. We will pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day that we gather together to worship you, to remember the communion, the Lord's Supper. I pray you'll bless this message. I pray you'll bless our fellowship together in the partaking of the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name, amen. So I found it very interesting. Um, Rich came to me, up to me right before the service saying this upcoming Saturday we're going out door knocking and sharing the gospel. And I said, no way. This is exactly what the message is about, in a way. And um, God's providence is wonderful and encouraging at times. Also, we're going to be looking at two texts, as we saw from Mark and Luke. But as I was going on with the message, preparing it, I became a little distracted by Peter and his example. And in a way, the message will be more about Peter 
maybe today than about the rest of the text and his response. So we see here something that every one of us is familiar with, fishing for fish. We all have our favorite stories. I'm sure every single one of us here, without exception, has been fishing one time or another. And some of us are actually avid fishermen and have more than one story to share with us. That is just fills them with pure joy and excitement. And I myself uh, remembered, as I was thinking, the first time I catch uh, largemouth bass. And I will never forget that moment, because I never, I don't think before that, experienced a fish, a little fish, fighting so hard to get off. And um, I, to say I was excitement is an understatement. I was think, jumping up and down, pulling the fish out of the water. And um, as I said, it's a memorable event. Uh, also, from my childhood, I remember my dad, he was and still is an avid fisherman. He would go at night in the Connecticut River in a boat fishing with spotlights, with huge flashlights, and a harpoon. And you kind of drift along the shore and you stab the fish as you go and get it out. Um, that was a lot of fun, but I was mostly on the, you know, helping him get the fish out of the water, that kind of job. Not much uh, using the harpoon, but it was fun. And also there were times when you'd go fishing out all night, just like these men. And remember, the fish are just now biting. And as it's starting to get colder, windy on the water, you kind of start remembering or start thinking back to your own bed at home and thinking, maybe I should just stay home tonight. This is not turning out as good as I expected it to be. And so we can all relate. We can all have stories about this. But what about when it comes to fishing for men? And I'm sure some of us have wonderful, great stories of great catch. Um, I remember Brother Neil from East Hampton Calvary Baptist Church. We were talking about door-to-door -door witnessing and sharing the gospel. And he was sharing the interesting story he was all excited about, too. And said in Germany, they were going door to door, knocking, sharing the gospel. At one point, someone put a gun to his head and asked him politely to get out of there, which they did. But uh, so now there's something memorable story of out fishing, something very exciting or freaky happens. So fishing for men, fishing for fish, there are similarities, there are differences. And yet, when it comes to fishing for men, Jesus did not say to anyone, I will make you a fisher of fish. I will make a good fisherman out of you. He did say to people, I will make you a fisher of men. And we'll jump into our text now in Luke 5, 1 through 3. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And we have a similar passage in Mark, which we go, are going over with the youth verse by verse. But I like Luke. Just the fact that I said I got distracted by Peter, and Luke brings out Peter's character a little more. But in Mark chapter 1, verse 16, it says, 
Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. So we have here a meeting of Christ and Simon Peter. And it is not their first meeting. Peter already knows about Jesus. He not only knows or heard about Jesus, he actually met him already in person. He knows that Jesus is the Messiah. For we see in John's Gospel that as John the Baptist stands with two disciples, they see Jesus walking. And John the Baptist makes this great proclamation, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And we see the two disciples start following Jesus. And one of them is Andrew, Peter's brother. He goes and finds Peter and says, We have found the Messiah. How excited. He brings Peter to Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus, when he sees Peter coming, he says, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. But Peter's fishing today with Andrew, James, and John. So they are not fully following Christ yet. They are not with Christ 24-7 on his journey as they are soon to be. They're still going about their business. They're still bills to pay. Somebody has to work. As we know, Peter has a family, not children. We definitely know from Scripture that he has a wife. And it is the family business. And they have partners, James and John. So one of the reasons that Peter could be going back to fishing is possibly maybe he was getting discouraged by Jesus Christ's ministry. Maybe he was starting getting doubts. Maybe this is not what was all about when Andrew came up running to him and saying, we have found the Messiah. And Peter jumps up and runs, the rescuer, the deliverer from the Roman oppression. And then they see none of that happening. They see Jesus preaching to the crowds, healing the sick, but absolutely taking no action to overthrow the Roman government. So we can imagine that going through Peter's head. And he's fishing out all night. And then he sees Jesus coming up to the shore. Jesus probably came there in the night or at dawn right before morning, before the sunrise. He sees them casting their nets into the water. He knows they were fishing all night. He's in full control of everything that's going on around. And Jesus starts preaching to the crowd. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they bring their boats back in. Very disappointed, very discouraged. They were fishing all night and caught nothing. As Jesus preaches to the crowd, the crowd gathers and they almost, could say, push Jesus in the water that Jesus has to get in a boat, which he chooses Simon's boat. And he asks Simon, can you pull a little away from the land? The disciples are washing their nets. They are tired, could be hungry. Can't wait to go home to their beds, to their families. Here Jesus is saying, Peter, I gotta preach. Now, this will take a little bit longer. Pull away from the land. The reason they were also fishing at night and not during the day was because the method that they used in biblical times to fish was the net. And I will quote Arnold Frutenbaum here, but he says here, the Jews used several types of nets one of which was a trammel net. A trammel had three layers, each made of an increasingly smaller linen mesh. 
As the fish entered the net, they were able to swim until they were too large to pass through the net before them, thereby becoming trapped. In daylight, and I found this very interesting, these nets become visible to the fish, which meant that the fishermen had to work at night. When they came back on shore, they, extract, they extracted the fish, carefully washed the nets, and hung them to dry. That's Arnold Funktenbaum. So we can sense Peter's bewilderment, maybe, that when Jesus is saying, pull away from the land, he's like, we just did so much work, exhausted. But nevertheless, he does, and Jesus continues preaching, Peter possibly washing the nets still on the boat, listening on, thinking about the whole Messiah situation. And then he hears something that absolutely he did not expect. Jesus tells him, Peter, pull away from the shore and throw the net in. You can only imagine what goes on in Peter's head at this moment, saying, is this some kind of a joke? And he does say something. He says, Master, we have toiled all night and got nothing. He's like, literally, Lord, you've seen us here all morning. But he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Saying, Lord, don't you see we didn't catch a single fish? I mean, and Lord, I'm Peter. This is what I do for a business. You catch fish at night, not during the day. Maybe it's, he is already confused. He pulls out the nets, throws them into the water, and something impossible literally happens. The nets become so full that they're at the point of breaking. And let's read the passage starting in verse 5 in Luke chapter 5. It says here, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook and followed him. Something absolutely impossible has happened. Peter all of a sudden sees that Jesus the Messiah is God Almighty. For no one has absolute power over the nature than the creator of the world. And he is filled with fear. He is filled with guilt. He is suddenly his eyes open and he sees what kind of man he truly is. And filled with guilt and shock, he falls at Jesus' knees and begs him to depart, to leave him. He says, leave me for I'm not worthy of to be in your presence. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinful man, as he says. How many of us here this morning feel unworthy to partake of the Lord's Supper 
Because with Peter, you know that you are a sinful man. Maybe you are debating whether you should abstain from the Lord's Supper because of the weight of your sin. You have done things this week that are go contrary against what God is and His revealed will in the Word. In the word. You have listened and watched things that God absolutely hates. And if you examine yourself, as the Word of God says we should do before coming to the Lord's Supper, you are broken, crushed, and all you want to do is to follow Jesus' knees and beg Him to depart because you are a sinful man, because you're not worthy. We see in the Holy Scripture the answer to that type of response. We see in the scriptures, we read in verse 10 of Luke chapter 5, Jesus says to Peter, Fear not. Follow me. You have examined yourself and you found yourself lacking, but so remember, Pastor Kamen Rizzo preached a while back, you have spoken the truth in your heart. The passage is taken from the book of Psalms and it goes something like this, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? And then after listing several things, it goes to this part and says, He who speaks the truth in his heart. Do you, like Peter, when you come face to face with God Almighty, as you come to prepare for the Lord's Supper, and you examine yourself, do you speak the truth in your heart and find yourself utterly unworthy? Or on the other hand, Maybe you did examine your life and you said to yourself, I'm worthy and thank you, God, that I'm not like other men, like the Pharisee in the temple. And you look at your works and you bring them to God and you say, the works are worthy. I am worthy to partake of the Lord's Supper. Not even seeing in this ordinance that the body was broken for us. Not seeing that blood that was spilled for us. The truth of the matter is that none of us is worthy here before the sacrificial Lamb of God, the one that is holy, the one who knew no sin, yet willingly offered up himself for sinful men and became sin on their behalf. He alone is worthy. As the book of Revelation says, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Jesus looks on Simon and says, Fear not, follow me. And Peter did. He, Andrew, his brother, James, John, their fishing partners, they leave everything and follow Christ. And they did follow him, even unto their death. So if you're a child of God here, fear not. Christ is faithful. If he began a good work in you, he will finish it as he did finish it for Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Peter says, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me, Lord. Jesus answers, fear not. I am taking your sin upon me, Peter. I will redeem you. Your garments, which are stained with sin, will be white as snow. Fear not. For God so loved the world that he sent me, his only begotten son, to save you, Peter, and many more like you. Fear not. The Messiah has come the victorious one, the King of kings. Fear not and follow me, and I will make you a fisherman. I will keep you. You follow me. And in the end, as we conclude, I, 
There's going to be a hymn that we're going to be singing that's called, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And I'll just will read and share the story behind the hymn, and then we will close. So, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus is a Christian hymn originating from India. The lyrics are based on the last words of a man in Garo, Assam. About 150 years ago, there was a great revival in Wales. As a result of this, many missionaries came to Northeast India to spread the gospel. The region known as Assam was comprised of hundreds of tribes who were primitive and aggressive headhunters. Into these hostile and aggressive communities came a group of missionaries from the American Baptist Mission spreading the message of love, peace, and hope in Jesus Christ. Naturally, they were not welcomed. One missionary succeeded in converting a man, his wife, and two children. The man's faith proved contagious, and many villagers began to accept Christianity. Angry, the village chief summoned all the villagers. He then called the family who had first converted to renounce their faith in public or face execution. And moved by the Holy Spirit, the man said, I have decided to follow Jesus. Enraged at the refusal of the man, the chief ordered his archers to arrow down the two children. As both boys lay twitching on the floor, the chief asked, Will you deny your faith? You have lost both your children. You will lose your wife too. But the man replied, Though no one joins me, still I will follow. The chief was beside himself with fury and ordered his wife to be arrowed down. In a moment, she joined her two children in death. Now he asked for the last time, I will give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and live. In the face of death, the man said the final memorable lines, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. He was shot dead like the rest of his family. But with their deaths, a miracle took place. The chief who had ordered the killings was moved by the faith of the man. He wondered, why should this man, his wife, and two children die for a man who lived in a faraway land on another continent some 2,000 years ago? There must be some remarkable power behind the family's faith, and I too want the taste of this faith. In a spontaneous confession of faith, he declared, I too belong to Jesus Christ. When the crowd heard from the mouth of their chief, the whole village accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. The song is based on the last words of Noxeng, a man from the Garo tribe of Assam, Nada Mahalaya, and Assam in Assam, India. It is today the song of the Garo people. Have you spoken the truth in your heart? Have you come to Christ and said, Lord, I am a sinful man? If you have, Christ is coming you, calling you, follow me. Forsake all and follow him. And partake of the Lord's Supper.